Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Inside the Coach's Office. My name is Tom Murphy Jr. and I'm here as always with Coach Brian Barnes. And today we have a very special guest, Carl Taylor of Midwest Athletics. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for inviting me out. I appreciate it. Hey, welcome. How are you doing today, Coach Barnes? Hey, man, life is good, Tom. You know, we're just, uh, you know, we're a little jealous of Carl as he's he's down getting a nice tan in Florida. We're uh, up here in the frigid north. In Michigan, <laughs> yeah, very but, frigid uh, today. Man. It's, it's been single digits. Yeah, Ooh. pretty rough, pretty rough couple of days, but uh, we're tough up here, so we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's Michigan, man. I see it's going to be 40 degrees next week. So yeah, we got see. something to look forward to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, fellas, um, you know, the Super Bowl is right around the corner. Football is, uh, you know, alive and well right now, but we are talking some high school football. Um, now, Carl, um, I was, I was wondering if you could just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what uh, Midwest Athletics is all about. Yeah, no problem. Like I said, I appreciate you guys inviting me to come on. Um, you know, my name is Carl Taylor. Um, I am a graduate of Hillsdale College. I played football there and graduated basically in 1993. Um, I started Midwest Athletics in 2015 the fall 2018, but my youngest son was going through the recruiting process. I had two boys that went to Catholic schools in the Metro Detroit area, and I noticed that uh, the recruiting process was a little bit different from when I came out. And as coaching a youth program from, you know, third grade all the way to eighth grade and seeing my, my youth uh, players go to high school and participate in their high school football programs and then not really getting recruited, I took it upon myself to try to understand what the recruiter process kind of all about and make sure that I understood it so that when my youngest was coming about and my oldest, I kind of had a inkling of what to trans what would transpire. So I started Midwest Athletics and I learned so much around that process and what it takes to get to the signing day that I wanted to start something that wouldn't waste the time and effort for families to take their kids to, you know, sign a date. Basically, why waste their money on all these other stuff when they can really do a lot of it on their own when it comes to their kids when they're recruiting? So we try to help educate family members from a kid or an athlete to a um, family of what the process is all about so that they can get to that signing date, like I said before, and make sure they look at some of the top academic schools in the nation because when you really look at it, everyone's going to go pro in, in something other than a sport when they got out of college. And if I can educate them on, hey, if I go to Dartmouth or I go to Navy, you know, how much money you're going to make uh, in graduating from those schools. And it's a life changing event for you. You know, take a look at those schools. Don't always have to think you got to go to, you know, Ohio State, Michigan or some of the power fives or even the Mac schools. Look at some of these top academic schools so that way, you know, you're better your life and your family life as well as, you know, I always call it the 40 over 40. Pick a school that within four years, you're setting up the rest of your 40 years. Because when you graduate from college, you're around 22 years old and it's going to take you 40 years to retire. If that, you know, and so if you can choose a school and in, in, uh, that school that would take care of your 40s and four, you know, you're going to do yourself something good. So that's who we are. And, you know, we try to do stuff for free. 
Um, we also are engaged in hosting events where colleges hire us uh, to help support running their camps. So Hillsdale College, we help them. And soon to be announced, Wheaton College, uh, we're going to be helping supporting them as well, where they hire us uh, to uh, help them run their showcasing the events. So, you know, Carl, we'll, we're going to, um, you know, talk about, you know, what, what has changed obviously over the years with the recruiting process and what you've seen and whatnot, but, you know, on the surface to me, like, I mean, how much has changed just in a little bit, uh, you know, I think about like, you know, when we were in school, you got me by a few years. Um, but, uh, you know, I think about a lot of times it was just, you know, college coaches would come to games to watch guys and the camp scene wasn't as big as it is now. It was yeah. still there, but it's still, um, you know, it's, it's, it's bigger now. And so, like you said, now parents and, and players can be more proactive with the recruiting process than they were before, you know, talking about, uh, you know, going to camps, um, creating highlight film on huddle it's so simple you click one button instead of you know the old vhs types tape stick it in the <laughs> right. mail and then there's right. college go like you know i remember a student assistant down at wayne state and i'm sitting in a room and there's a thousand vhs tapes in there thinking to myself god they're not, how do they ever get through all this you know that, right. that's that you know that's wild to me nowadays that's just so much easier so um i guess like this is a good time to ask you that like what you know what has changed the most in that regard what you know you can even talk about Parent expectations, um, have, has that changed? Player expectations, whatnot, how the how the colleges now are reaching out to kids and families. Like you can, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever you observed. Um, yeah, please, uh, so please feel free to share. It's, it's funny that you say that how much has changed because coming out of East Kenwood High School in 89, you know, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I was, you know, me and my buddy who played at Central, he walked on at Central, I went to Hillsdale College. You know, we didn't know what to expect in the recruiting process. We sent our VHS tapes. I mean, we, we, we were both getting recruited by an entire GLIAC, every school. And, you know, our coach sent it out. They reviewed it, rewind it, and would come and, and come see you play if you were still in the playoffs or come watch you live. Today, they don't watch you live. You know, they actually uh, watch you live through huddle, you uh, either through clips or they actually watch you YouTube, you know, even the last year when my son, my youngest son graduated in 2019, you know, you didn't see a lot of high school games online. Then the pandemic hit, they're all online. And so now coaches are watching your entire game online. So when I was in high school and graduating, VHS tape went, we sent our best two games to the coach. And then our coach made a highlight film and they got that and say, yep, we like Carl. We're going to recruit him. We're going to offer a scholarship. So, you know, 20 years later, in 2019, when my son was getting recruited, you know, we created a huddle film. We, we created and, and filled out the questionnaires on his college website in hopes that he would get recruited. And then, you know, they would look at him and then, then go to the summer camps. When I was coming back uh, in high school, I went to Notre Dame football camp. I went there for one week to, uh, to get evaluated and learn you know, some different skills that they didn't learn from my high school coach. Today, there's all these one camp, one day camps, mega camps, they're all across that these kids are going to. There's really no skill development camps hardly around for a lot of these kids. And so they go to one camp to showcase their talent and then see what they're all about. And like I said, today, you know, you know, four years down the road, it's even a little different where you still have the one day camps, 
but you and you also get evaluated. But coaches can watch an entire game online to see what the kid is all about. So you really can't hide from coaches today, you know, to evaluate time. So when a parents like, I don't understand why my son's not getting recruited by this particular school, but there's other kids getting in school. But you got to really look at the film. They might have watched the entire film where your kid was lazy on a certain play or multiple plays. And yeah, you might fit them, but you don't, you're not doing the extra work that they want to see, you know, and from social media standpoint, my social media was a newspaper that you print, that get printed out that talked about your box score. Today with Twitter available to kids to put up their information out there and other social media platforms to put your information out there to get recruited and get exposed in your marketplace. It becomes a business to market yourself. It's almost like marketing one-on-one in your family, you're learning before you even get to college to study marketing. Your understanding is recruiting process today, how to market yourself. And it really, the kid has to do it. Not any consultant services, you know, not even um, the parent, they really the kid has to redo it themselves in order to really get recruited. The coaches want to hear from them. They don't want to hear from some service company. Um, the service company can say all they want about a kid, but they really want to hear from the kid and make sure they're interested in their institution. Yeah. Carl, how, how difficult is it to discuss with a parent who, let's say you got a, a kid who is talented on his team or in his league, you know, and then with social media, a kid with a nice highlight tape can really get hyped up. So now his parents are thinking, my kid should play D1. And everybody around him is telling him, oh, man, you're so good. You're so good. But in reality, he's just another kid in a sea of thousands of kids that are local celebrities, local stars now yeah. because of the hype of social media and right. and things that are going on. How how difficult is it to break it down to a parent and, and basically give them a reality check? It is somewhat difficult to tell a parent that your son is not at a certain level. You know, I, I try to move away from that. I have on my website of measurables that coaches look for for each level. And if you don't meet those measurables, they're not going to look at you flat out from a full ride scholarship, from a preferred walk-on scholarship, you know, their measurables are one of the things that they truly are going to indicate, you know, like I was saying in, in alignment, you know, if you are not 6'4", 6'5", you know, the, a D1 coach is not going to look at you in most cases as alignment. Um, they want to look at those tall frames and how long you are in the arm stream. You know, my son went to a small Catholic school, as you know, Bishop Foley Catholic. But he was six foot, 200 pounds and ran a four, four. If he was six foot, you know, 200 pounds and ran a four, nine, there's no way he would have, you know, would have signed with Navy and other schools that would have want to offer him. You have to meet those measurables in order to do so. So why I tell families, look, go to my website, look at the measurables and educate yourself on that process of what they truly look for. Because this recruiting process is definitely something you had to educate yourself. You're going to be spinning your wheels. You know, I had a, a young uh, athlete who's a freshman in high school and, and uh, inboxed me on Twitter and said, hey, how can I get my name out there? And I said, you're a freshman. I said, here's how you get your name out there. One, talk to your high school coach and tell them that you want to play college football. Two, go to our website and look at the measurables you need for your position so you understand what you need. Three, 
go to the college football recruiting websites, which means the college websites that have their football um, team listed and fill out the recruiting questionnaire. And then four Friday nights, Friday nights make plays. And then five in the off season, number one, either play another, play another sport or two, work on your skill development footwork because speed kills. Speed is what's going to get you elevated at certain levels of the NCAA or NAIA. Your speed kills. The faster you are uh, from a lineman to receiver to the quarterback, the more you're going to get recruited by other schools. So talking to parents, you know, about, you know, what level their kid is, I truly try to stay away from it. I truly just try to tell them, hey, this is what you need for this particular level. And I am pretty much 100% correct on every single time a kid uh, is recruited when it comes to the measurables. No kid that has not met the D1 measurables on my list, um, if they have not met it, they've either got a PWO or they've gotten an offer at a lower division. They, you know, the measurables speak for themselves. And the measurables I have start off the bat, it comes from college coaches. During my son's recruiting process, as I was educating myself, I asked the coaches what they what they were looking for and what they wanted because they knew what I was building, especially the top academic schools, because no one really focused on the top academic schools like I do around the nation. Um, and so I look at it and tell parents, say, look, going to Dartmouth, you've got a 3.9 GPA. Yep, they're going to take a look at you because of your GPA. Now you got to meet the measurables. And if you meet the measurables, they'll probably give you an offer. There's a kid um, locally at the, in that local alignment that's uh, here in other, uh, or in the Detroit area that uh, he's got an offer from some math school. He's going to get some offers from Ivy League schools because he meets their measurables and he meets their GPA requirements. So there's a lot that goes into it, but I don't. I refrain from telling parents what they can't do. I tell them this is what you need in order to get there. So when they get at the end and they're disappointed, they don't have the offer that they're looking for. They understand because they know that they didn't have the measurables. So you know what, what's uh, crazy? A couple stories that I I think of that um, like sometimes there there can be those unrealistic expectations and whatnot. So you know I think about you know the quarterbacks who are five nine, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and and, I, and I've heard people say, oh well, you know Drew Brees played in the NFL. He was five nine, right? So right. like okay, you realize he had he had an, he's and going to be in the Hall of Fame and like he could right. dunk standing flat footed. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like there's there's some extreme cases. And I remember, and Tom, I don't know if you're going to remember this because you're a little younger than us, but I remember going to a Lions training camp and uh, the Lions drafted a receiver by the name of Slip Watkins from LSU. And I, and I, and I remember he was like uh, an NCAA track champion and whatnot, faster than a rocket is male and whatnot. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, the Lions are golden now. They're the fastest dude in the world. But like, you know, like going back to it though, he had that measurable, but like he obviously wasn't a great receiver because I think he got cut. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I remember I was in like eighth grade, I think, and I remember attending the training camp. But like, yeah, there's gosh, there's so much to it. You know, there's there's right. a lot of good football players out there, and it's and it's so complicated, and it's all about the right fit for the maybe a scheme that that college right. is going to run and whatnot. And so, gosh, there's just there's just a lot to it. Yeah, there is a lot to what coaches are looking for. And one of the things I, you know, I like to tell Tom, I like to uh, tell the parents is if you understand the process, you're not going to be disappointed at the end because your kid's going to land where they're supposed to land. 
and understand what coaches go through. As Coach Byron said earlier, he was sitting in the room at Wayne State with all these VHS tapes of all these kids that he had to review. Just think about that today of getting all these huddle films, either through DM or through emails or text messages from all different types of people that you got a review of it. And if your film doesn't wow them in the beginning and have those wild plays from your position as a lineman, if you're not pancaking someone or drive them down the field, you know, 10 plays, heck's what? That's, that's not work. You know, our cousin who's at Michigan State, when I asked him about what he's to look for receivers, he goes, well, those first two plays must be wow me. What's wow me 100%. If they don't wow me, he's not a, he's not a scholarship offer kid. I'm going to have to watch more and more. We don't have time to really reevaluate every single single film we get. We need to be wild in the beginning so that we can want to reevaluate, continue to evaluate even more. Carl, um, I wonder, I got a kind of a hypothetical for you because I want to, I want you to kind of explain the importance of academics in the recruiting process and not, not like an Ivy league school. Okay. But you know, but let, let's say for instance, uh, a power five school and you have two kids, one kid is a 4.0 student. One kid's a 3.0 student. Mm -hmm. The 3.0 student runs a 4.440. The the 4.0 student runs a 4.540 and is maybe a half an inch shorter. Mm -hmm. Okay. Athletically, they're pretty much the the same and, and maybe their highlight films are pretty much the same. Okay. So like on the field, they're pretty much the same. The kid with slightly less grades has slightly better physical measurables. Yep. Attributes. Yep. Who gets the upper hand in that situation? Um, yeah. Are the, are the football coaches automatically going to go for the kid that's just a little bit more physical because he, he he's got decent enough grades, so grades kind of don't matter at that point? Or is there really a benefit to to a coach saying, man, this kid, uh, he, he excels in the classroom, and that's I and to me that gives him the upper hand. It all is about it all depends about the number of scholarships that are really available for that particular school. So if that school you know can get a, a three point today is a two five. I told a parent just the other day. That's why I concentrate on kids that are three point and try to explain to them that you must get a three point these days because that shows that you are going to do the homework in a classroom minimum. Today's kids shouldn't have a three, should have a three point. It's much easier to get a, a GPA higher than a three than it was when we were growing up. You know, when we were growing up as a two five, that was the staple point. But schools are probably take the kid that's got the better attributes at the three point. And if there's money left over, they'll take the other kid or get the other kid a PWO because that 4.0 kid can get athletic, uh, a little bit of athletic money and a little bit of academic money to help subsidize that purpose. So I always take a look at it. The higher your GPA is, the better off that you are. If you ever decide to quit football, you have that academic money that can never be taken away because it's based on your academics that you had out of high school. So coaches will definitely take a look at those parameters and see. But like Coach Bryan said, there's a lot of variables. Like if you play another sport, I always say play another sport, because that will show you and showcase your talent in wrestling and basketball that how well you can play in another sport. Because if you're dominating another sport and you're dominating football, then that's going to tell the coach, 
this kid's an athlete. No matter what he does, what he touches, this kid's going to, you know, make plays for me. And that's what they're looking for. So with that being said, your scenario, if I had to take, you know, the GPA, similar attributes, maybe the 3.0 has a better skill set, just slightly build, they're going to take the 3.0 kid. If it was a 2.5 kid versus a 4.0, they may take the 4.0 kid because that 4.0 kid, they think that they can, he's coachable. They can improve him on the field. And they know that he's going to do well in school and not have to worry about the kid flunking out. He's probably disciplined and hardworking and he has those attributes naturally. Right. right. Um, yeah, for sure. So, um, Tom, I'm going to give a quick shout out to uh, a couple of our, uh, you know, supporters of our coaches association, Roger Rogers athletic and adrenaline fundraising. Uh, the coach association really appreciates what they do. So, Coaches, make sure you hit them up for, you know, any of your fundraising needs or equipment needs. And uh, our Twitter handle here is, again, at Inside the Office. Um, great way to follow the show and DM us with show suggestions. And, um, you know, if you have any ideas for uh, people that want to be a guest. Carl, really quick, um, how do you feel about the early signing period, having the two different signing periods and recruiting on the calendar? So the early signing period – I, I, I was amazed when they actually came out. Uh, I'm always a, a old traditional guy that loved the February sign period so that you can sign. But with more and more kids going to college early and graduating early, I understand why that was put in place so that kids can get on campus and learn because more and more kids at the power five level are doing it. But you only get to high school once, to be honest with you, and be able to. So I think, you know, some cases, I think it scales back. And I can tell you from, you know, we have actually sources at the NCAA um, that we know that work with uh, work down there. And a lot of that's being discussed of changing and allowing that the transfer portal opens up right after uh, Thanksgiving weekend for the college kids that want to transfer or right after, you know, what we call the um, um, the championship weekend for the conferences. And that, you know, open up the transfer portal, which it does today, December 5th, it was the, the past year, and only having allow those guys to get recruited. And then allowing the power fives to evaluate what their needs are after that and having signing period standard in February like it was before for the high school kids, pretty much having it separately. Will it get changed? You know, that's all depends on the D1 council. But I honestly, I think it should get changed because that will allow kids to really understand where they want to sign. Quite frankly, you know, one of our friends, um, uh, Isaac Tesla, played at Hillsdale for two years out of Unity Christian, didn't recruit it heavily, but really wasn't looking to go D1, just really wanted to get recruited and see what schools loved him. Hillsdale College loved him, played there for two years and did an awesome job and was an All-American or a all conference, or sorry, MVP of the conference, put his name in the transfer portal and got power five offers. He just recently signed a week or two ago. And so Arkansas signed him where, where they're looking at some high school kids as well. They might have backed up the high school kid because now that they signed him and they don't need him. So it's that conjure where I think they're going to try to, at least what I'm hearing, massage a little bit so that they can have signing day for the uh, for the kids that are in college for the transfer portal, and then uh, move it to February. I don't really particularly like the transfer portal as much to the point of 
I believe a kid should be able to transfer. I believe a kid should be able to play right away, but not right, not right away for all these different reasons. So if you didn't know, there's multiple reasons that a kid could transfer. So he gets a one-time transfer, you know, if he chose a school. Then he can get another transfer if they fire the head coach. So there's just two scenarios that this kid could transfer and just in that and almost play like six years, even with the red shirt. So, you know, we hope that they tweak it, uh, you know, so that kids stay put so you they do a better job of recruiting. Yeah. You know, um, oh, go ahead, coach. You know, the other aspect that so you mentioned, you mentioned like kids that are there five, six years, like there, there are still kids, you know, um, that, that have taken COVID years uh, at the right. next level, right? So look at Stetson yeah. Bennett. He's, he's older than, oh, there's uh, so many jokes time. about him. Yeah. yeah but he like, was he's old. Older. He's older than, uh, than Lamar Purdy, Jackson. you know, right. yeah, Brock Purdy. He's older yeah. than Lamar Jackson. He's older yeah. than Josh. Like all these dudes, Kyler Murray, I think. Like, Crazy. Like, uh, that is crazy. So like, that's another thing that high school kids are battling on top of the transfer portal, you know, right. Yeah. Um, right. is all those kids. And so that's where like some, it's a challenge as well. When, when families and players are looking for the right, the right fit at the next level, because, you know, you, you see and hear about so many good football players falling down to division three. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes, unfortunately, those levels get not frowned upon, but like maybe not as enough, not enough credit. Like you're a good football player. I don't right. care if you play at any of those places. Um, right. And now it's becoming more tougher because uh, there's a greater pool of talent, you know, that are older than you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think what can help with that process, I always tell kid when they, when a kid reaches out to me or a family reaches out to me, my number one question is, what's your relationship with your high school coach? And they will, most of the time they say it's good. And I said, okay, talk to your high school coach. Let your high school coach talk to the college to see what type of scheme they're running to see if that would fit, you know, what you're able to do. You know, does he see you be able to grow? Yeah, I know high school coaches don't know what the requirements are for certain schools and what they look, but coaches talk shop and love talking shop to me amongst each other. So a kid and a family should reach out to the coach. Now, if a coach doesn't want to reach out to the school, that's recruiting them and ask those questions when they come in, shame on the coach. But I, all the coaches I've come around with, none of them have really said that they wouldn't do that when a kid uh, is getting recruited by a certain school to see kind of where they, you know, what the school is looking, looking at them, what position, and try to help guide a, a kid to say, yep, this will be a good fit, and this is the reason why. This is the type of scheme they can put you in and make you excel, as well as this is some of the things you're going to learn. You know, so that's one of the things I think that will help a kid select the right school and their families, because a lot of these families don't know you know, all the details of the school, how to look at the depth chart and some other things. So. Now, um, NIL has, you know, pretty much taken the, the college, you know, sports world by storm, you know, especially yeah. in football. But if you really look at it, it's really like the, you know, the top four stars and, and the five stars, you know, that are getting the money. You got kids out there getting million dollar packages, Mm-hmm. How how have you seen um, and, and what is Midwestern's Midwestern athletics take on um, the NIL the NIL situation for kids that that aren't you know top superstars is is it even something to be focused on if you're you know 
a three-star athlete and and is there even money available for for kids that that aren't you know these elite athletes that that are getting you know millions of dollars from texas or you know lsu or you know whatnot i know texas a&m is, is huge with it miami's uh you know giving kids millions of dollars right but these are like the top top tier here right um so what in your um knowledge is going on with nil at the lower level yeah so i mean the nil has changed college football forever right you know it's, it's allowing these kids to make money off their likeness when i was playing at hillsdale college at d2 schools i was allowed to work i worked in our field house uh i managed our weight room etc you know making a little change to keep money in my pocket to pay my phone bill you know, my buddy who played at Central could not. It was not allowed them to do. Uh, during the summer months, they could. So we're talking about during the school years where these kids couldn't make money back in the day until the NIL came into play. Now that NIL is in play, it can be made at all levels, you know, from D1 to D3. And a little bit of money that the lower tier athletes are making is just helping them keep afloat. I personally don't mind it as long as it's used the right way and what is intended for. I don't like the ploy that is giving to these kids that I'm going to go to this school because they're giving me a million dollars. I understand that that's how it's being done and that's how these kids are being lured to. But at the end of the day, also, they need the education. And I like how Northern Michigan, even though they are behind in some of the NIL stuff in the beginning, they're trying to do it the right way where these kids are really supporting the community with their NIL. Uh, they're giving it out, try to give it out as much equal as possible. From what I've seen, could be a little bit different, but even the lower tier kids can do local media spots. You know, I've seen, you know, the Michigan guys do, uh, because he has the same uh, name as a, a lawyer, and oh, he yeah. do a, a, a ad. Man, that's yeah. great for that, kid to, you know, for that kid to be able to do something like that because they have the same name. It's you know, a pretty cheesy commercial, but, but it it's, is, it's right? cool though, yeah. Exactly. So I look at it and say, that's pretty cool that a lower tier. Some other kid that's, you know, lower can do um, um, do commercial at a local car wash. I've seen basketball players do that for Notre Dame, you know, and do it for the local car wash. Notre Dame has a big, you know, conglomerate of companies, but, you know, the lower tier guys can do a, a make $5,000 to keep it afloat, you know, for families. You know, so... I think it's. I think there's going to be some tweaking of it. To be honest with you, uh, I just don't know what that looks like. You know, others, but from my standpoint, it's it's good and bad for uh, you know for college football. But you know, like everyone thinks, it's been happening under the table. Now it's wide open. You know, think of gosh, think about back in our lifetimes living in Michigan, like the Fab Five or the Flintstones. Like yeah. think about what the what oh, they would have done with yeah. NIL yeah. opportunities, you know? Yep. Uh, and, you know look, look, let's face it. If you are a kid from a um, not-so-wealthy family that you're playing across the country and now your family has to fly, this may help you, um, get you help, allow your family to be able to fly back and forth to your games because you got a little money to pay for their flights now. So there's something to it. But also, not all these kids are going to be pros. So if they're able to make the likeness and get an education, that's the key. And, you know, 
I think at one point they were talking about this money not given to the kids until they graduate, until they're after they've had that degree. Maybe there's something to it, you know, they're earning it, but maybe there's something to it that the kids need to graduate in order to get some of this money or get all of it, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's, you know, as we said, it's changed college football forever. We all think there needs to be tweaks on it and somehow support either way from the college standpoint to the kids and the athletes. Yeah, that, that's an interesting thought. Um, I could see the good and, and the bad of like holding that money because there is like right now you got situations where you have 18 year old freshmen walking into these, you know, D1 locker rooms already millionaires. Right. And it just creates this dynamic in the locker room where it, it's almost like playing, paying a, a high priced free agent yeah. in the a, a NFL, you know, and, and you got, it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to play this, this, this high price free agent over this other guy, almost because, because of the money now. So yeah. what do you do with these fights? And I know it's not the universities specifically that are, you know, signing contracts and stuff right. it's like the boosters and whatnot, but right. it, it's still there when you got a kid walking in there, it's like, Hey, I, you know, I, I got a million dollars because I'm a star. How come I'm not playing? How, I should be starting immediately. It's right. almost like, like, they're going to be entitled now where they don't even have to earn it. And then you got these guys in the locker room who've been busting their butts for, for three years. Yeah, like, you know, look, I, I might not be a star. I don't have a million dollar NIL deal, but you're not going to walk in here and take my spot. Correct. So I like, how does a coach even temper that, that animosity? And, yes. like, and then, and then guess what? If the kid's not happy, he's cutting out into the transfer portal. And that's so you, the, you just hit the key on ahead. The animosity from the existing players, other schools tweeting out to players on another team or following them on another team saying, hey, do the sidebar, come here. We're going to give you an NIL because you got more money over here than what you're getting from this particular school. So you may go to Alabama. You're getting paid 50 grand for your NIL that you're doing with the local booster, et cetera, et cetera. But next thing you know, you got the Oregon coming through and saying, hey, I'm going to give you a meal now. I'm going to increase that. And now that kid's transferring out because that NIL money is more at another college because he can transfer that one year in that portal and boom, play right away. So you're absolutely right. Nail on the head. Yeah, so it's, it's scary to think, you know, for, for someone who just loves, you know, college football and then the whole process of it, I always – I always thought, like, 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 like you said, Coach Barnes, like, um, I know it's basketball, but like the Fan Five, you think about how much money those guys could have got. And I felt like they should have earned that money. These athletes, they are, they, you know, it, it's the famous quote, you know, uh, you're not getting 100,000 people in the stands to watch a science experiment, you know? So, like, these kids, these athletes, I always felt like they deserve to get some of that money. But now that we've opened Pandora's box, it's, it's almost scary. Like now that it, it's here and it's in your face, it's like, ah, man, what do we do? You know, is, do we, it, is this really the right, the right thing? Are we diluting the, the actual student athlete process? So yeah. We, I, yeah. I think we, you know, I remember we had this chat last year with uh, uh, Ty Spencer from King uh, yeah. kind of about that and, and the, the issues that come along with that, because there, you know, there is the dynamic, like you said, um, universities make a lot of money off, off the kids. And yes, the kids get up, you know, free college education and everything, but you know, that's, that's 
peanuts compared to what the university makes. So, I mean, you're right though. It, it eliminates the, um, the innocence of, of college athletics, in my opinion, too, you know, just watching kids play football and, and mm-hmm. love it and not, and not worry about the pro aspect and not jump ahead uh, to becoming an, you know, like, like an adult, just playing college football and having fun doing it. So it does takes away from that. Yeah. Definitely does. Definitely does. So Tom, I think th- this has been awesome. Carl, yeah. Tom, is there anything on your mind you want to, you want to hit Carl be- with Carl before we finish up? Well, no, I, I, I think, I think we're good. Um, Carl, is there we got a lot of good your, information today? That that was awesome. Carl, is there, um, can you share your Twitter handle with everybody uh, in case they want to follow you or get in touch with you? Because we always, you know, the reason we do this podcast is we're trying to promote the game of football in the state of Michigan, um, yeah. and and you're a big help with that. So, um, yeah, if you could, just go ahead and share your, your Twitter information or any contact information you want to give out. Yeah, my Twitter information is at M as in Mary, D as in David, West Athletics. That is our Twitter handle, and our our job is basically to provide free advice to parents, families, and coaches, uh, and athletes about the what we've learned through this recruiting process, the relationships we built with colleges across the nation. Uh, quite as kept, I'm going to be meeting with Brian Kelly um, uh, in two weeks uh, at LSU, and then uh, a week later I'll be at uh, Arizona University. Uh, talking to and visiting their facility. So, you know, we meet uh, people all across the nation and ask coaches, you know, these questions. So if you got questions for a coach and, you know, uh, in a college rank that we happen to know or want someone's information, let us know. But I will I will leave you with this and to the coaches and to the families. You know, Twitter is being used quite a lot for um, social media presence for these athletes. But Twitter is just a tool just a tool to put your information out there so someone can find you. The true recruiting process, the true way to get your name out there is through your head coach and as well as filling out these questionnaires on the college website. No recruiting service, you know, can get you the look that you want without putting your name in that questionnaire for that college. They want to know if you're interested in school and that's how they get your college, your high school coach, you need that relationship, and then they help you. Everyone else can supplement that information, can supplement that information and help with education. And our website uh, provides a lot of details. They have coaches. If you want to know some of it, you can go to our website as well. And that's mwathletics.com, which has a lot of details about the recruiting process, some events that we're going to be hosting in the near future as well as, you know, some colleges that we have contacts with and some players that have gone through some of the events that we help host, you know, where they've gone to school from Holy Cross to Purdue to Illinois and all across the nation until locally to D3 schools like Hope, Olivet, and some of the schools that we really love. So I really appreciate the time, Coach, um, and I and thank you for the invite. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the final thing we end every show with is uh, we, we ask our guests, um, is there a special tradition? So so maybe not from a coaching perspective, although you do have a little coaching background, but is there a tradition uh, that's kind of unique to you? You know, it could be a drill you remember. It could be uh, like a chant or a motto. Or is there something unique to, to you, Carl, or Midwest Athletics, like a tradition or something that you do that's that's pretty cool that stands out? I don't say it's a tradition, 
if you knew my background, there was a movie called Pay It Forward. I'm all about paying it forward, um, supporting people that supported me. So I had a lot of people that supported me to get to my, where I'm at today. I had a lot of families that supported my kids. So I feel the gift of I need to support others in this journey when it comes to recruiting. So my tradition is I want to pay it forward uh, to those that that really, truly need it. So don't be afraid to reach out to me and talk to me. You know, I talk to guys from Elkhart, Indiana, Indianapolis to Texas, you know, from coaches to uh, California to locally in the Detroit area where I know a lot of the coaches and it's all about me paying it for as much as I possibly can to help you and your athlete get recruited and, and not waste time and money. So I say that's my tradition is paying it forward. Funny story, Tom. When I when I first met Carl, like the very first time I met him, he told me he's he's transferring his son. <laughs> I just got I just got hired as the head coach. And now I joke with him all the time, like, oh, so, so are we like friends now? Like we're good now. Like so it was hilarious. So the very first time I met him. Oh, okay. I'm transferring my son. I'm like, all right, sweet. Yes. Yeah, so, he was at the wrestling meet. It was at the wrestling meet. I remember clear as day. Yeah, <laughs> well, lucky for you, Coach Barnes, that uh he didn't, man. I know well, you're no, telling no. me. Yeah. Lucky for me, I listened to my son and I listened to Barnes. Yeah. Okay. I have a lot of respect for Coach Barnes being able to win his coach at Bishop Foley Catholic and changing the mantra of that school. You know, a lot of parents can get in kids' ways. And parents they really need to listen to their kids more often. You know, and I was fortunate enough that I listened to my two boys, and I'm grateful for that, that I didn't step in their way. And I there's some things I wish. I did it a little bit different, but other than that, I really listened to the, what their needs were, and it truly got to me where they needed to be. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Well, all right, fellas, I think that's a good place to uh, end this show tonight. Um, uh, for Carl Taylor of, of Midwest Athletics uh, and Coach Barnes, uh, another good show. Um, looking forward to uh, the next episode, uh, which should be uh, coming out pretty soon. Um, all right, fellas, uh, this has been another episode of Inside the Coach's Office. All right.